Alright lads, this podcast is a member of the Vices of Wrestling podcast and network. Visit vicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcast, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling. to episode 7 of the Honor Roll here as part of the Voices of Wrestling Network. My name is Mark Robinson, you can follow me online on Twitter at Slippian Project, and you can follow the show on Twitter at the Honor Roll B-O-W. This week we're going to be looking at last week's episode of television, and we have a little bit of news and a few updates to catch up with, so let's crack on with things. The first thing that I want to discuss is the Summer Supercard uh, which is coming to Toronto at the Matami Athletic Center on August the 9th. Uh, this will have stars from Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, CMLL, and the NWA. The most notable thing about this is the uh, inclusion of New Japan, considering that the G1, the Grade 1 Climax, will be going on at this time, uh, finishing up on August the 12th. Um, so, you know, very much deep into that tournament. So, um, I imagine that the names that will be heading over to Toronto for this will probably be the likes of uh, some of the guys that we saw on the recent War of the Worlds tour. So I could definitely see uh, Kojima, uh, Yuji Nagata, the Young Lions, uh, Hikileo, those types of uh, wrestlers. Um, So we'll wait and see for more information about that. But um, yeah, it says New Japan, but I'm... Definitely not expecting the the likes of Okada and Tanahashi, and hell, we won't even see even Sonata because they would, would definitely be in the, the G1. So there is that. Uh, also talking about New Japan, the best of the Super Juniors <clears throat> is currently on the way. Uh, I didn't make too much mention of it last week, just uh, talking about the inclusion of some of the uh, Ring of Honor talent in there, but I did want to leave a couple of thoughts. Uh, about some of the people, the you know, I'm not going to mention Will Ospreay because yes, he's been in Ring of Honor, but he's he's a New Japan guy. Uh, but the guys of note, Marty Skull has had uh, an average tournament. He had a dreadful match against uh, Ishimori, uh, which was surprising. But apparently, Ishimori is a little bit banged up. I don't know whether it's from that match or what, but uh, that match just uh, one of the, the the worst Marty Skull performances I've seen in some time. And I know some people aren't as hot on him um, and think that he plays a lot into his character work. First of all, I don't see why that's a bad thing. Uh, and second of all, uh, I'm not as uh, against him as some other people are. Uh, I think he's he's a fantastic wrestler. And uh, I, I don't quite get the, uh, the the negative energy that gets sent his way. 
Um, I think a lot of it is purely on the idea that he kind of coasts on the character, which, you know, he does, but so does Tetsuya Naito, and it seems to be working okay for him. So, not that Marty Scott is Tetsuya Naito, but you know my point. Uh, Jonathan Gresham has been pretty solid. Nothing that's kind of been outstanding just yet, but he's made a good account for himself. Uh, him and Dragon Lee, I enjoyed their match very much. Uh, Mike Skull's uh, best performance so far was against Gresham. And, uh, and yeah, he's he's doing pretty good for himself. And uh, if he keeps this up, I you know, would love to see him do more stuff in the future. And Bandido, who uh, has just been excellent this year so far. And he's having a really great tournament and uh, has gotten the best match out of Duki. I need to find a way of, of saying it that Joe Lanza hasn't. So uh, Daoki, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, the best match out of him yet. And, and I'm not going to mention much about Duki because uh, Lanza had quite the run on the flagship uh, this past week. But he's not great. And Bandido got a, a three-star match out of him, which... As far as I'm concerned, that might as well be a five-star classic. So, yeah, they, they've been doing pretty good. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching more of Bandido throughout this tournament. Uh, I think this is a real uh, chance for him to, to shine. And uh, and I hope that he gets used by more by New Japan, but not so much that they take him. Uh, I want to see him in Ring of Honor, selfishly, but that's just me. Moving on swiftly to uh, Ring of Honor Television 399. We start off with a triple threat tag team match as the Bouncers, the Shinobi Shadow Squad, and Coast to Coast went at it in a match that went just under nine minutes. Um, This, uh, for me, under three stars, over two and a half, somewhere in that range. Uh, Nothing um, spectacular about this, but it uh, accomplished a few things. Um, It got got the likes of Ryan Nova on, on television and Cheeseburger. Uh, and gave them a little bit of action, and it continued the uh, storyline, which has been this continuing hill turn of coast to coast, which no, I guess it gives them something to do, but this is the real underbelly of the tag division in Ring of Honor, so um, you know this whole storyline is getting the kind of response that you would expect, uh, considering. But this was fun. Uh, it was a victory for the bouncers, who are kind of... Um, that tag team who sort of kind of sit in between the uh, the underbelly of the tag division, but are usually the ones that will eat the pins for the higher end tag teams, and you need tag teams like that, and, and the bouncers fit that uh, fit that specific role, and they do it very well. Um, but they're also the kind of tag team that at any point I think could pull out a victory against one of the bigger uh, teams, and uh, that's a good place for them to be. <clears throat> and uh, it's, this was fine, nothing. Nothing spectacular, but it was fine. Uh, we got a f- recap of the ongoing uh, Taven and Gordon Flip feud. Um, Flip came out uh, a couple of weeks ago to announce that he wanted his match against Matt Taven. Uh, with Matt Taven came out, you know, for his first appearance as the Ring of Honor World Champ. Uh, Flip pointing out that he won the Sea of Honor tournament and that he wanted his title shot. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll be getting Matt Taven and Flip Gordon on episode 400, uh, which will be cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm, I'm, I'm high on Taven at the moment. He had a great match with Mark Haskins during the War of the Worlds tour in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And um, maybe it's a case of, you know, he can definitely work to the, the level, uh, 
the ability of his opponent. And if that's the case, uh, I, I think him and Flip can have a, a hell of a match. I think they can put you know a four-star match together. Um, I've said I think that Taven's biggest problem at this point is his association with the kingdom kind of drags him down. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Flip's looked good since he came back. I thought Flip and Bandito had a great match in, uh, where was the first night on tour? I think it was Chicago. So, yeah, um, I'm hoping that, no, not Chicago, no, it was Buffalo, New York, that was it. So, yeah, that next week, looking forward to that. We had a promo from Kenny King, who, he came out and he's still doing the gimmick that he's blind after being misted by the Great Muter at G1 Supercard. And I've said over the last couple of weeks that I'm enjoying this role for Kenny King. It's the most personality that he's shown in a fair amount of time. Um, and that's kind of been the big thing missing from his game. And he definitely, he's just, he's so much more natural as a, a heel than a face. Um, I don't think that's any kind of shocking revelation. And he was good here. And he came out and he was kind of promo and he was talking about, you know, recapping what happened to you on Supercard and uh, that he needs to go for some emergency eye surgery with, with some absurd name. Uh, but he was talking about the fact that, you know, he was first in the in the Honor Rumble and that he won it and that we should from now on call him Kenny Shawn Michaels King, which I don't think is going to stick. Uh, he mentioned that, you know, at some point him and Matt Taven will have to, um, you know, have a championship match. I can't remember the exact wording he used, but he played up the fact that they both, Matt Taven calls himself the King. Kenny King has King in his, his surname. And uh, he then said that, you know, that's somewhere down the line because he respects Matt Taven and currently has beef with uh, Jay Lethal. And that uh, he thinks Jay Lethal sucks, and uh, you know I, we're going to get a feud with Jay Lethal and Kenny King, uh, and that you know I, it, Lethal needs something to do at the moment, and this is going to be the the weird time for for Lethal, in that he is the he is kind of the gatekeeper of the promotion. Sorry, uh, Kelly Klein, it's not you. And, you know, he could he could help get Kenny King to that next level. Um, I don't know if Kenny King ever can get to that next level, but I will say this was a very effective promo and one of the better promos I've heard from Kenny King. And he he just, he convicted himself. He had, he conveyed himself really, really strongly. Um, and I hope he can do more stuff like this. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I look forward to seeing... Jay Lethal uh, with his comeback and Lethal can pull a, a good kind of three and a half star match out of anyone but for King I think he needs to really pull something special out if he ever wants to get to that next level and uh, he definitely you know needs to be hitting four stars so we'll see what happens there um, yeah we as I mentioned the, the Flip Gordon, uh, there was a Flip Gordon video package talking about his knee and his surgery. I think they showed this during the War of the Worlds tour. Or they showed this last week. I know I've seen this package before. And again, they were hyping the fact that uh, him and Taven will face off next week. We had Flex Simmons take on Josh the Goods Woods. And uh, Flex, Flex Simmons' theme uh, was sounded like something from Dallas or some 
American game show from the 70s or the 80s. It was fucking fabulous. And uh, this was the best thing about Flex Simmons, who apparently um, commentary were bigging him up as some sort of kind of athlete, you know, and, and very much in the uh, Rhett Titus type of gimmick. And he's really not. He's pretty generic, all things considered. Uh, Josh Woods came out and speared the hell out of him. Uh, you know, followed this up pretty quickly with the seismic toss, which is uh, a Death Valley driver position into a slam. Uh, it's I've seen this move done, and it's not really a finisher. It looks pretty lame. Like of all the things you can do with someone in that position, I wouldn't then kind of throw them on their back. I'd probably just drop them on their head. Um, so I'm hoping that. Uh, Josh Woods gets a better finisher, uh, and this went all of 40 seconds, but Josh looks good. He has a good presence about him. He, he, it's that short trunks in a, an MMA fighter kind of look about him, and he doesn't wrestle exactly like that, you know, I wouldn't say. It's, I think he, if he continues on, it's going to be that kind of hybrid that Matt Riddle got himself into, where there was a little bit of the, the MMA influence but, you know, within the confines of a wrestling ring. So, uh, the way they've been presenting him, they definitely have big plans for him. Uh, I will say that I think he definitely does need a better finisher and probably a submission finisher uh, to really get over a kind of real kind of killer instinct with him. Uh, he's also not particularly strong on the mic. Uh, the, the presence that he gives on the way to the ring is very menacing, and they can really play up that. And they, I think... They really should just go the whole way and have like a fight camp or do something with him that kind of pushes up more of a uh, an MMA uh, tinge to, to his gimmick. Or even like a Team Taz kind of thing. Um, but also just get him a mouthpiece because him talking kind of kills the aura a little bit. So that is that is my feedback, Ring of Honor, if you are listening. Delirious, if you're listening, please feel free to take that on board. Uh, our main event this week saw Bandido, who has been pretty much a constant presence on the television uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, he took on the new uh, Ring of Honor television champion, who didn't have the belt due to the way that this the the time between recording this sh- uh, television show and the War of the Worlds tour. But uh, yeah, Bandido and Shane Taylor, uh, they went. I think they went about ten minutes and. <clears throat> you could think that this would have a bit of a styles clash, clash to it. Uh, Bandito, he, he kind of wrestles. He definitely has the high flying down, but he definitely has a, a, a power game to him. Um, but he's not quite a power junior. He's definitely you know like a Shingo or a Sho. Um, but he definitely can incorporate strength and power into his arsenal. Uh, and Shane Taylor, obviously Shane Taylor is a big boy who every now and again pulls out some athletic maneuver that kind of throws you off um, because he doesn't he doesn't quite have the grace of someone like Jeff Cobb, who obviously is a big guy who uses his athleticism and does moonsaults and whatnot. I don't think Shane Taylor is doing a moonsault anytime soon, um, but he can move for a bigger lad. Um, and as a result, you know, this actually became a pretty enjoyable match and, and Taylor's big enough that he can work as a base for, for Bandido. Uh, and the crowd got into this. The crowd were really hot for this. And uh, certainly at the end when uh, Bandido hit his version of a go to sleep and then pulled out the 21 plex, uh, which I don't know whether like 
it's the wrestler taking the move that is selling it so well, or it's the the, the momentum that Bandito gets when he bounces off the rope into the German suplex, or he's just that strong that he can lift the guy up. But everyone he's been hitting his 21 plex on, um, he's just fucking killing them with the, the arch and the angle on it. And, uh, um, yeah, Bandito, he has been one of my favorite wrestlers over the years so far. And I hope that he continues to uh, really flourish in this role. Uh, and, you know, if they want to put him in the main event every single week and, and pull out three, three and a half star matches of this caliber. Uh, I'm I'm all on board with that. And uh, I think that Ring of Honor should really look into this and, and really put him in, in the higher upper echelon. And I know, I know that obviously Roosh is going to be part of their big plans. And I'm, I think that they should definitely do that. I think that Roosh has uh, a star or about him and, Obviously, they pushed him to be their, their kind of hottest commodity uh, at the moment, um, as he is undefeated, but or not pinned at least. But I definitely think that they can do something with Bandito, uh, and I really hope that they do. And I hope that the Best of the Super Juniors tour gives him a little bit of momentum and, and more confidence, and that Ring of Honor then ride the wave with that. Um, because he's kind of he's the one that doesn't fit the most in lifeblood at the moment, and it's not that because he's a masked luchador or whatever, but um, the whole lifeblood thing has kind of fallen apart because Juice hasn't been there a lot, and David Finley has been injured. Um, so you know, lifeblood at this moment it really does come down to, and obviously Tennille Dashwood was uh, has, has left the company. So you've got Tracy Williams and Mark Haskins, who for me kind of are the uh, lifeblood tandem. And they, I think as well, when I think about it, like when I hear the theme song, I think of those two, even though they have their own individual theme songs. Uh, and I think of Bandito as his own separate thing. So he doesn't quite fit in that mechanic, that, that uh, gimmick. Um, I think he could go off and do his own thing. And I think he could just be his own wrestler. Um, but I also can kind of see why you may want to put him with Williams and Haskins, just in terms of giving him a mouthpiece, I guess. So we'll see. I imagine he's going to get carried up into the, the whole Bully Ray feud, uh, as that is ongoing at the moment. Um, so after this match, Bully Ray came out, and he was you know, doing his thing as he was one to do. Uh, Haskins and Williams came out, and they were protecting Bandido. Uh, but they were attacked from behind by the Soldiers of Savagery who are a new team that were recently signed. As far as I'm aware, I looked up, tried to find anything on them. I couldn't find much. I didn't check Cage Match. Maybe they're on there. Uh, but they... So they're kind of... Uh, they, they've got the whole uh, SWAT team, army uh, vibe, you know, uh, Authors of Pain, that kind of thing. Um, but they're, you know, they're jacked. They look impressive. They have a definitely... Um, have two of the more uh, menacing presences on the uh, Ring of Honor roster. Uh, you know, I definitely think if you put those up against the likes of the Shinobi uh, Shadow Squad, uh, they just fucking eat them alive, which is good, and that's what they should do. So they just, they took out Lifeblood, and uh, it was quite an amusing thing where both uh, Bully Ray and Shane Taylor were either side of the ring, and Bully was looking Shane like, are these your boys? 
And Shane was looking at Bully like, no, he's not, they're not, they're not with me, are they with you? And we ended the show on this note where both Bully Ray and Shane Taylor were like, where the fuck did these two come from? So, hey, there's a bit of suspense. There's a bit of, okay, we'll see what's what's coming from this. Well, who are these two people? Why did they attack Lifeblood? Uh, are they hitmen? Are they mercenaries? Are they working for someone else? Uh, there's a way we can go with this. And this helps because I've been kind of saying for a while now that the dynamic of this feud with Bully Ray doesn't work because he does have Shane Taylor and the Briscoes and Silas Young have kind of been with him and in different tags. But when he's been going into a, a, a shouting match with Lifeblood, he's usually been doing it on his own. Or there was the moment during the World of Worlds tour where he kind of squared up against them for a brief moment before leaving. And he was still on his own. So uh, if the, uh, the Soldiers of Savagery are with him, excuse me, uh, that... Flow, puts the mechanic, sorry, mechanic, why do I keep saying that? Puts the uh, emphasis back on the fact that they are either on an even uh, playing field with lifeblood, or maybe they may have the advantage, which is good. That puts the dynamics, that's the word I'm looking for, puts the dynamics back to where they should be, and I'm fine with that. And, uh, you know, there are certain things you can say about Billy Ray and certain directions with the creative um, that you can... Uh, at Billy Ray and maybe critique, but I've been fine with this feud, and uh, it's not, you know, anything groundbreaking or revolutionary. But it does give life a lot something to do, and it works as an undercar feud um, because you can't always just have the belt be the thing that props up your show. You do need undercard feuds, and this is one that's had legs to it for a while, and there are different moving parts to it. And yeah, it, I'm fine with it. So. Overall, nothing spectacular this week. I do think uh, Bandido and Taylor was a fun match. Uh, I, I'd go about three and a quarter on it. Um, but yeah, like probably one of the more forgettable television shows um, over the last couple of weeks. And it feels like a, just a little bit of a holding pattern until we get to the next big show. Um, and also the fact that we have the, the episode 400 next week, which will have Jeff Cobb, Roosh, and Lethal going up, like, up against Villain Enterprises. Uh, so that could be a fun little affair. I'm curious to see how all of those dynamics will fit together, uh, particularly Roosh, who has been more of a hill than anything else. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And then obviously the main event for the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship of the World, Matt Taven will defend against Flip Gordon. And uh, again, I think Taven has proven himself pretty well. I enjoyed the PCO match. Uh, I thought he had a cracking match with Mark Haskins. Uh, and if he can have, you know, like a four-star match or so with Flip Gordon, his title reign will be getting off to a very good start. And though there are still aspects of his character that aren't, yeah, I'm not completely sold on. Uh, if he keeps going out there and having, you know, four-star matches, you can't, you know... Uh, you can't fight him against that. So, uh, the only other thing uh, I read recently the uh, capacity, the audience for some of the War of the World shows were way under what they have been over the last couple of years. Um, I think this this is definitely the biggest sign of the uh, mass exodus of the elite, showing the the effects of them leaving, and uh, this is going to be the big thing. And certainly now with AEW, with Double or Nothing coming up, um, 
it's going to be a couple of very interesting months for Ring of Honor. We've seen the the likes of Paul Turner, one of their kind of mainstay referees. He has headed to AEW just apparently out of nowhere. You know, he was there over the War of the Worlds tour, and now he's gone. Um, I'm curious to see what other uh, other staff backstage um, make their way over to AEW because there's probably a lot of guys there who have been offered uh, contracts or whatever that are a lot more lucrative and a lot more secure than what Ring of Honor are providing. And uh, I wonder at what point do, if Sinclair Broadcasting um, decide to kind of stick their heels into the ground and actually put a little bit bit more funding into Ring of Honor. Um, Because if they don't, we're going to get to a point where, I mean, who knows what AEW is going to be. Uh, you know, Double or Nothing has sold out. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a very successful show. I've seen people bitching and screaming online about the whole Hangman Page and Pack situation, and uh, some people writing off the show already because of that. And I, you can't do that. And okay, yes, maybe they shouldn't have uh, booked Pack, considering he was never going to lose until he dropped his Dragon Gate uh, title, but. Still, uh, maybe they had a plan in mind and they wanted to go in a different direction. And hey, you know, it's better to not do the match than go through the match and have a contrived finish. If their thing is they don't want to do contrived finishes, this was the best approach to take. And I think that's a positive on all sides uh, to not just go ahead of the match and do a shitty finish. Uh, because I was there for, for Pack and Walter at OTT and the, the disqualification finish, it didn't really do much for me. So uh, I have no issue with the way that's gone through, um, starting off topic. But yeah, we, we've got a couple of months now where uh, Ring of Honor need to definitely tie down all of their talent. Um, and it's not just the in-ring talent, you know, their, their commentary, their, uh, their referees, their agents, whoever else, because... There's a whole bunch of people, you know, like Ian Riccoboni. He's one of the better commentators out there. And uh, if AEW give him a lucrative contract, I wouldn't put it past him to, to go running. And I wouldn't blame him for doing so. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We will see what happens. But that's it for this week's episode of The Honor Roll. Certainly a shorter episode, but not as much to talk about. And hey, I'm doing the show on my own, so I don't want to bore you for too long. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Next week we will have episode 400. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think that's going to be a pretty strong show. And I guess I'll give any kind of further feedback and comments on the Ring of Honor participants in this year's Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, once again, you can follow me at Lithium Project. Follow the show at the Honor Roll VOW. And we will see you again next week for more good times, great memories.